it really is about finding the beauty in anything. So, so when there is something that, that our mind, you know, categorically says, oh, I don't like that, or that isn't what I, what I, you know, want to be doing. How can we, how can we open up? How can we see the beauty in it? What can we take from it? Where can we feel the excitement in our body? Where can we feel the, the anxiety in our body and allow ourselves to feel the aliveness in that or the sensationfulness in that? And in any moment, open our eyes and we can have a plethora of, of beautiful, beautiful things to, to take in. And like really being neutral, like every day, the same thing might be more pleasurable. And the other day it might be like, that's mm, a three out of 10. Mm. And also then like creating little things, like, like it's as simple as sometimes putting a hand lotion on and spending, I don't know, 10, 30 seconds, mm. actually feeling your hands, feeling the cream. It's, it's all about slowing down isn't it mm -hmm. but how can we make a mundane thing like putting hand cream in because our hands are dry how can we actually make that a little bit more pleasurable welcome to the goddess talk podcast a platform inspiring you to remember your power step into your divine purpose and activate your most fulfilling abundant life join me and my guests for conversations around spirituality self-development wellness women's empowerment and soul-led business i'm so grateful to have you with me let's jump in hello my loves and welcome back to the podcast we got a fun one this week. I have two guests that I had a conversation with, Juliette Karaman and Christine Borschnick. And we went deep into all things embodiment, pleasure, and eroticism. It was a little bit of a new arena for the show. And I am super jazzed to be sharing this with you. I feel like it's really going to serve a lot of you and really going to land. We talk about what it means to become fully embodied and we expand the definition of pleasure so that we can really understand how to live a life that is truly filled with pleasure. And then we also talk about sexuality and why so many of us at different parts of our lives experience blocks to our sexuality, whether they are psychological blocks, physiological blocks, environmental blocks, or beyond any of those, and how we can start to become pleasure detectives so we can understand where we may be experiencing a, a, a block or a disconnection from our pleasure, from our sexuality, from our life force, and how we can ignite or reignite our erotic selves that we were really born to be and tap back into our vitality and uh, our erotic essence. And then lastly, we explore what 
is called an erotic blueprint and the five different types of erotic frameworks that we can have. And uh, Juliet and Christine walk us through how to identify which of the five types is your predominant kind of pathway to pleasure and some of the shadow aspects of each type as well. And we also talk about how to, what to do when your partner has a different erotic blueprint than you do. And we essentially just explore how to better understand your body, deepen intimacy with yourself and a partner, and level up your sex. So all in all, just a very rich, yummy, nourishing conversation. I am, again, just super stoked to bring this to you. I had so much fun talking to these ladies We actually just talked this last week. I don't normally publish podcasts that quickly, but it felt like today was the day that it wanted to be out into the world. And my loves, before I leave you to listen, I just wanted to invite any of you who are not yet following me on Instagram to come join me over there. I show up there more than I do anywhere else. And so if you resonate with my content and you want to hear more with me, you want to um, connect with me deeper, come follow me on Instagram. Um, Send me a message, say hi. I would love to play with you over there. All things uh, connecting back to your feminine essence, healing your relationship to the feminine, activating your feminine power, stepping into feminine leadership all things what it means to be an activated, alive, empowered woman in this world. So come check me out over there. I'm at I am Kristen Lynch. It's always linked in the show notes for you as well. And I think that's everything I had for you in this intro. I really hope that you get so much from listening to this episode, episode 60 of the podcast, by the way. Super exciting. Have a good time listening, and I will chat with all of you in the next episode. Big love. Welcome back to the Goddess Talk podcast. I'm here today with Juliette Karaman and Christine Borschnik, who are pleasure and intimacy experts who specialize in helping female leaders to work through trauma, regulate their nervous systems, and live turned on, connected lives. They are deeply rooted in their sensuality and are the headmistresses of embodiment through pleasure. It's so good to have both of you here. I was telling them before we started recording that this is our first two-person or three-person interview. So a big welcome to both of you to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thanks for having us. so much. (laughs) We're excited. So I I think I'll have you both kind of tag team the first question. I just want you to kind of share with our listeners a little bit more about um, your company and how you support your clients. So we... um, created the Embodiment Leadership Academy about a year and a half ago, where we help women um, really come into themselves, come into their bodies, their sensuality, their sexuality, um, you know, really removing trauma. And 
and helping helping coaches and helping the entrepreneurs, the the influencers, so that when they're with their clients, then they also feel really embodied and able to um, really give their clients amazing care. Yeah, what we've noticed is that as coaches or as therapists, as entrepreneurs, as leaders, we can only take our clients, our family, our team members as far as that we are embodied, as far as the work that we've done. And yeah, if we haven't done enough, then we start getting up, we start coming into our own problems, right? Mm. We start finding our own boundaries as like, whoa, blow out. <laughs> so this is what's really come from first helping couples, first helping second new woman. And then it's like, oh, now it's a step up. We're now actually teaching them how to teach their clients. Mm. Beautiful. So let's talk about embodiment. I, uh, I love this line in your, in the bio that I read that you are the head mistresses of embodiment through pleasure. So tell us, what does it mean to be fully embodied and how can pleasure sort of aid us in going there? <sighs> right pleasure we hear that word so much mm-hmm. and what does it mean most people are like oh it's something sexual and for us really what pleasure means is that you are embodied you're in the now moment every single moment so noticing what's happening in your body what touches what sensations what emotions are going on really breathing in life to the fullness of what it is. And that means the grief and the pain and the pleasure. And it's the duality of everything. I would just, I would also say that, you know, it it is really the coming together of all parts of ourselves, the mental body, the physical body and the emotional body and the spiritual body. And just having that, that, that amalgamation of all of those parts of ourselves so that we really do feel the wholeness when we have all those parts drop in, that's when we have true embodiment. Then we're leading from a place of true wisdom from the body. And the body really does bear so much wisdom that oftentimes we don't, we aren't completely tapped into it. And so when we, when we are able to really feel the totality of ourselves, the wholeness of all these parts, the wholeness of all these bodies, shall we say, then then we're working from a really deep, wise, often age-old information, mm. wisdom. Mm. What's coming through is almost like this idea that to feel is pleasure, right? I think so often we are closed off from our feeling because we're afraid of what's going to be there. We're afraid of the one end of the duality spectrum but what we can find is that to feel anything can be pleasurable to feel anything can be ecstasy when we're not in judgment or we're not in fear or we're not closed off to it it all can become uh, a pleasurable sensual experience completely i completely agree we often say to our clients that things are sensationful so when we're, you know, everything's sensationful, whether it's sharp or spiky or gripping or heavy or, or burning, but you can always find pleasure in it if you're willing to be with it. It's, it's your life. 
you're go you ha you have the the potential to feel the things that we code as good or pleasurable and the things that we code as not pleasurable but re really in essence it's it's just an expression of our life it's mm. all pleasure yeah and i think for people beginning with with even just the word aliveness because sometimes pleasure might have like there might be a, an attachment to what that means so if we start with like can i be alive to this experience like what is here and we come from a place of curiosity then as we're with it we can start to actually oh that actually just feels good to go to go to the depths of whatever emotion or sensation whoa there actually is some some bliss here there actually is some pleasure here but we can just start with like uh more of a, a neutral space just to to enter into the experience i've found in my own life and, and with others that can be a little bit um that can just be a nice entry point into sensation and into that exploration completely so there's less gripping and it's like oh let's stay curious what happens if we just stay with that sensation for another 20 seconds can you lighten it? Can you make it more sensationful for another 10 seconds without, you know, pleasure or not pleasure, good or bad? So where would you say people can start if they're looking to bring more pleasure into their daily experience? Where do they begin? <sighs> becoming more present, really. It's like becoming more present to the here moment. So I think one of the things that we always tell our clients, it's like, set a timer on your phone because everyone carries a phone around <laughs> three times a day for 90 seconds. And just put the phone away for 90 seconds, tap in, do a body scan. What's going on? What are you feeling? What are the emotions that are coming up? What are the thoughts that are coming up? What's happening in your body, sensation-wise, temperature-wise, contraction, not contraction. Um, and then you might even have some images with it and really tap into that. Smells might start coming in, memories might start coming in, but really be present with those 90 seconds. And when the alarm comes off, it's like, oh, how much more present are you in your body now? because we all have 90 seconds, right? I mean, most people are like, oh no, I can't do a 10 minute practice. It's like, mm -hmm. you do 90 seconds? It's like, yeah. It's like, can you do 90 seconds three times a day? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And that starts to build the capacity to be with ourselves and the, the you know, what I'll call the spicier sensations, you know, the ones that are like, mm -hmm. Those are a little bit spicier. And so we just build the capacity or build our ability to be with them because we recognize that nothing bad happened. Nothing mm -hmm. bad happened. Mm -hmm. And so we start to be able to trust ourselves that curiosity is a good thing. We can stay in curiosity and we can stay with the sensations, thus trusting ourselves that when other sensations come through, we can be with them too. Mm -hmm. And we started doing it this way because oftentimes we try different kinds of touch, but people would blow out so quickly. And it's like, oh, let's actually start at baseline and let's build it up. Let's let's rebuild their nervous system so that they can hold it mm -hmm. and have more capacity. And then all of a sudden it becomes fun. You can do different kinds of touch. You can 
do different smells. I mean, then you can get into the whole erotic blueprints and to do loads of fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it's, it almost reminds me of like edge work. Like what's the next edge of my feeling? Like, could I, could I go there or could I extend it another 30 seconds today from, from what I felt yesterday? Or could I, could I move with this? Maybe today I'll try to dance with what I'm feeling, or maybe the next day I'll try to, I'll share it with a partner. I'll reveal it, but it's like slowly, slowly pushing that edge. So it feels a little bit playful, but it also doesn't, like you said, like blow out the system or, or maybe like re-traumatize someone from going too quickly. So mm-hmm. I love, I love bringing edge work into the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell me as well, I've heard you, one of you in an interview I was listening to share about becoming a pleasure detective. And I loved this concept. So tell us a little bit about this and how we can kind of use this idea to bring pleasure into things that might not ordinarily be pleasurable or that we don't have an association with pleasure, like maybe work or um, like mundane day-to-day activities. How can we, how can we use this concept? Go for it. (laughs) Well, this girl is the pleasurista, truly. (laughs) Um, So it really is about finding the beauty in anything. So, so when there is something that, that our mind, you know, categorically says, oh, I don't like that, or that isn't what I, what I, you know, want to be doing. How can we, how can we open up? How can we see the beauty in it? What can we take from it? Where can we feel the excitement in our body? Where can we feel the, the anxiety in our body and allow ourselves to feel the aliveness in that or the sensationfulness in that and in any moment open our eyes and we can have a plethora of of beautiful beautiful things to to take in close our eyes and we have even more (laughs) that we could take in and it becomes like now just taking a breath it's like, oh, where can I find pleasure in slowing it down a little bit more? Speeding it up. What happens then? Do I like that more in my throat? And like really being neutral, like every day, the same thing might be more pleasurable. And the other day it might be like, mm, well, it's a three out of 10. Mm. And also then like creating little things, like, like it's as simple as sometimes putting a hand lotion on and spending, I don't know, 10, 30 seconds mm. actually feeling your hands, feeling the cream. It's, like, it's, it's all about slowing down, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But how can we make mundane thing like putting hand cream on because our hands are dry. How can we actually make that a little bit more pleasurable? How can mm. we like sitting in our car when we're at a stoplight and we're like, oh, like how can you take a breath and just like okay how can I actually find the pleasure in here how can I find mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. mm, I just want to share what's coming through as you're talking I'm thinking like when we're in the mind often we're like attached to a condition that needs to be there 
for us to be able to access pleasure. Like, oh, if my partner would just do this, or if I could just get out of this traffic, or if my day could just be easier, if I didn't have so much on my freaking schedule today. But what we don't realize is we're actually missing what is accessible to us in the moment. And so when we can drop into the body, we're able to perceive like, well, what actually is here? What do I have access to right now? Even if it's something that's different than what we would normally think would bring us pleasure. And just like you're both saying, like, maybe it is just, let me take a few breaths and like really soak them up and really like relish in this moment or, okay, I have to do the dishes. What if I turned on some music and like danced while I'm doing this or, um, whatever it is, but the, the, there's, there's so much more accessible to us in the moment when we're able, when we're willing to go into the body and notice or, or, um, explore something different than what we're like, maybe what the habitual mind pattern would tell us is needed. Completely. And I love that putting on some, some music, putting on a silk shirt if you know that you're going to get to work and you really not feel like it it's like well let me put on some nice lingerie or let me put on mm. something that feels good put on my it. yoni egg in when I'm going to sit down for work I love that yes. <laughs> right yeah adorning uh, your space yeah sitting um, on your I'm, heel yeah you know, you mm. your foot yeah, and it's really just taking care of, of things like that. I mean, I, I make my, I create my little bundles of joy. I make like little flower arrangements and they're all over the house. And it just brings me a lot of joy. And when I look at them, I'm like, oh, that gives me pleasure. And, you know, and also the tough, the tougher, so to speak, things can also be looked at as pleasure and, and, you know, even sacred. So, mm. you know, there was, there was recently a time where I had, I was, I knew I was going to be moving through some grief, some big grief. I knew that this, that it was, it was just up. And, and so I made the most amazing nest on my floor. It was all like, it was just like a little cocoon and the best pillow and the pillowcase was like silk and really great music. And then I just, I honored myself by just laying on the floor, my belly on the floor so that everything felt really supported and it was such a beautiful experience because the tears just rolled. It was, it was just like, I was just watering my soul and I didn't have to make up a big story or, or anything like that. It was just, it was just a really gentle moving through. And I found massive amounts of pleasure in that. I was so grateful that, you know, this body has the ability to feel such deep emotion um, because I love deeply. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And because you were willing to be alive to what was there for you. That's it. Pleasure is all about aliveness, right? Mm. How much mm-hmm. can we pop into that inner essence of us? Chi mm-hmm. into to that life force. And we yeah. forget that we're numbing it out with phones and whatever, whatever, you know. It, it also, I'm not saying that it's wrong to numb us mm-hmm. up because often that's what we need. Our nervous system can't be on. <laughs> and, and that's why we have to train ourselves. But once we start becoming aware to that, that's you know, when you turn yourself on. And mm-hmm. as a woman, that is so important that we start looking at how can we turn our life's force on instead of looking for someone else to turn us on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that we're worthy of that. I think 
um, for so often in my life, I would almost like scoff at pleasure. Like, oh, that's so unnecessary. Like, oh, to buy yourself flowers. Like, I just need the essentials. I just need like the basics of life. I don't need anything extra. And I think for people, anyone listening who's like in that place where like there's almost a resistance to pleasure and that could be for, for so many reasons. I just want to share that something that was really helpful for me was like creating some different anchors for pleasure in my day. So like we were talking about before, maybe it is like wearing something beautiful that you can look at in the mirror throughout the day and and remind yourself. And maybe you set a timer too, like, oh, okay. That's something that brings me a lot of joy or put flowers in your house or eat something beautiful, or just have things around your space that remind you to kind of orient towards that and remind you that you get to be the woman who experiences that every day. Completely. And we're so often in the do, 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 do that pleasure. It could be like, I'm going to go outside and feel the sun on my Mm -hmm. face, Mm -hmm. feet in the grass. It doesn't always, we don't always need to do expensive or, Mm -hmm. or really out of this world things, but it's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So little things like, like, let me, actually call my friend or you know see a baby and then like cuddle with them you know, those are all the things that's like oh, you build up such memory you have your memory bank of good things that were pleasurable and it's like oh yeah life is good mm-hmm. beautiful okay so let's 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 go a little bit deeper with this and let's let's talk about igniting our erotic selves whether we are whether we've never been in touch with our erotic self or whether we were and then maybe we've lost touch with that part of ourselves over time um maybe let's start with just what why why we might why we would want to ignite our erotic selves like what's the power of this what's the the possibility here um yeah, I'll open the floor for you to take that wherever you want. Whew, once you open, right? It's like it's such where a to big, begin. That's like where to begin. It's such a big subject, but I think that's also where there's so much taboo because your erotic self, right? So what have you been taught about eroticism? Is it sex? Is it sexuality? What have you been taught about that? What did your parents used to teach you? What were your peers? What was maybe religion, school? So you have all these ways that you've been conditioned that you don't actually feel yourself as an erotic being all the time, but only when it looks a certain way. So that's how we came both into the erotic blueprints. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a former um, professional dominatrix. I've done all the tantra stuff. And yet there was a piece missing. It's like, oh, it's like your love language. It's the way into pleasure. You and me and all three of us might have a completely different way into pleasure. And it's how can you get that way into pleasure and into your eroticism, into what turns you on and onto life more. And to take that a little deeper with what you said around what we've been taught, so often we've been taught to not be consumptive or to not be hedonistic or that we were we are we are supposed to be the givers and to not ask for what we're needing and and it really does come up against a lot of own personal growth work 
and really looking at some of these old beliefs that have been um, ingrained in us at a younger age, you know, were we shamed, you know, were we doing things with our teddy bears, our Barbies, our whatever we were doing, and we got shamed or made fun of, and you know, that that loads down in in our psyche and can really shut us off from the life force that is within. And so one of the things that we have found to be so important is when we start to, you know, if remove the, the, um, I'll call them psychological blocks or the belief systems or, you know, the generational trauma, let's say, or even our own, you know, violations to our own body, all of a sudden we have this vital life force that is alive and well and wanting to do something. It wants to move. It wants to, it is designed to do that. It's our natural, it's the natural rhythm of, of, of us. And so when we're in the flow of our own life, Use, utilizing whatever key it takes to get you there and you Juliet there and myself there, mm-hmm. then we really are bringing the best of who we are into the world because we're in complete flow. We are, we are generating our creativity and our, our magic and our sensuality just comes in this organic, beautiful, natural way. If we don't have all of the things kind of putting the brakes on and the beauty and then it's like you and me and you and all of us and then all of a sudden we keep turning on more people and they're like whoa this is all possible we get to be in flow we get to be so creative mm-hmm. yeah you do and of course then you bring it into sexuality if you want to but it's just like the, the sensuality already and the eroticism is such a big piece if you can get free of all the stigma that's mm-hmm. attached Mm-hmm. I love the, I love this because, um, I love this idea that there it's this innate part of us that wants to move, that wants to be accessed, that wants to be called on because I, I think so many women feel like maybe, or so many people feel blocked or they feel broken or they feel wrong when it's not flowing, when they're, they're not alive or awakened to their life force. They feel like there's just something about them that they're doing wrong, or it's something that they just don't have access to. Mm -hmm. So I love this piece that it's within all of us. It wants to move, but maybe there's a a psychological reason I want to point to as well, that it could be, uh, an illness, a medication, something that has numbed us, a a trauma, something that has made it painful or, um, yeah, that, that has disconnected us from that part of ourselves. But underneath that, like you said, it's it's waiting to be called on and that's the beauty with becoming a pleasure detective is you start looking into things like hormones like mm-hmm. what's happening in your body you know i'm menopausal postmenopausal, so you know that does a certain thing mm-hmm. uh, are you living near mobile mast you know, or, or telephone lines that could affect you um what's in your drinking water what what are the heavy metals all these things you just start looking at separately. Then you start looking at food. Uh, it's, it, it just becomes like, oh, this, this becomes a little bit of a puzzle. I'm not broken, but there are all these pieces that actually have a lot to do with it. Oh, I broke my foot five years ago and it's still sending up shooting pain to my hip when I'm in a certain position. 
And it's like, if you don't think about this when you're with a partner, you're like, yeah, that's fine. But then if you have someone honing in on all of that, you're like, oh, of course that, that disinhibits all of that. Or, or a new mother or, or somebody who, who, who did know the keys in which to open their erotic framework and they felt really alive and vital and, and you know juiced up and turned on to their life and then they became a mother or they became a caregiver or you know the, the hormones are or you know like there's there's a plethora of things that can happen and their whole way into themselves changes something mm-hmm. shifts and changes and they say you know this used to always work and it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the biggest thing people ask us. Can you give yeah. us a formula? And like, How can we go back there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to have so much, such good sex. And now it's just like, we're broken. I'm like, no, you're not broken. Mm-hmm. You're just in a different stage. And also to recognize that, like what we're saying, we're in different stages. Mm-hmm. And we can be healing after childbirth, after anything. Then we can be, just kind of like resting because we're not feeling like it. And, and that's cool. But to be able to say that to your partner and that's like, oh, let's explore a little bit, right? And being explorative. And then you can get all the way to, to really where uh, sensuality and sexuality becomes a way of manifesting and really that becomes like like the upper realms even again which some people might say the spiritual realms are are where to go and others are like hey that's not my thing mm-hmm. yeah i want to bring light as well um to to stress and yes. chronic illness because that was part of my experience and there was so much shame and confusion and pain because i was so young to be experiencing like different blockages to sexuality or libido. And it had even changed in my life just from being a teenager to then coming into my twenties, there was a change there after being in stressful situations. So we can be blocked or we can lose touch with this at any point in our lives. And of course we can always get back to, or create a new experience to, to connect to that, that part of ourselves. So tell us, I'd love to open up like the, um, how understanding our different erotic blueprints can can help us understand sort of how we get turned on and um, how we can access our arousal. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so much to this. It's like when you open when you open the box, it's like you know at Christmas time for those of us that that you know um, celebrate Christmas, it's like opening up the curse like the box is like <gasps> there's just so much there. So um, when we start to explore, there's different traits that each blueprint has, things that really turn that blueprint on and things that really kind of tank it, or it's like the shadow of it. And so one of the blueprints is the energetic, and those are folks that love space, tease, anticipation, (laughs) longing <laughs> are, are you an energetic <laughs> I've become much more energetic okay. yes. <laughs> I'm like seeing Juliet get turned on just by you talking about it <laughs> and and as you'll know I've changed my energy 
And so how I'm speaking is very spacious. It's very light energy. And, and it's, so it's yummy. And so even the voice can be very like, mm, the body likes it. Mm-hmm. And so we often say to people, don't let your mind decide. When I say these things and when Juliet, you know, says some of these things, don't let your mind decide. Don't, don't be in a place of, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I really like that. What I encourage or offer or invite folks to do is as we're speaking about them, feel your body. Notice if anything ignites. Notice if anything tightens and just be curious. It's not right. It's not wrong. If nothing stirs in you, there's nothing broken or bad. If everything ignites, that's great too. Really allowing yourself to be exactly where you are and in the best acceptance you can without judgment. So we'll... Go to the next one. We'll leave the shadows. We'll leave the shadows. Perfect. Yeah. So the next one is the sensual. The sensual is more like the folks that, people that can smell um, a fake and have body orgasms. Just, ah, oh, they'll make for, they'll have sounds when they're smelling, when they're putting on creams. They'll often wear silky things or things that feel smooth and delicious and yummy on their skins. They like massages. They like a different kind of touch. They're like a bit more, more kneading and slight and, and massaging, like, like putting oil on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also the ones that, like I said, like food and smells really turn them on. Um, it's like battery smooth, they like music, they like swaying, and that is their way into pleasure. We're not, we're, we're not doing the shadow sides because the shadow sides is actually what will tell you if you're that or not, but we'll do them after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And the next one is the sexual, and that is really what we describe as our, what our society thinks sexuality really is and so it's really loving to see your partner yourself nude it's you know loving lots of lots of sexuals love to watch porn because it's just there's there's genitals there's nudity there's you know penetration and orgasm and so a sexual really is somebody who loves what we consider sex to be or what we were typically taught sex is is penetration orgasm and and a sexual think that everything's just fantastic if everybody has an orgasm yeah yeah and then you have the kinky and that is a realm of its own i mean having been a program for a while, I, you know, you could, you could be in that realm for years. And what we mean with kinky is anything that's taboo. So for someone that means getting undressed in front of your partner with the lights on is taboo. For another one, it's maybe impact play or psychological play. Um, and there's often, it's, it's so taboo because you don't dare tell your partner that, you know, you want him to 
say naughty things to you or, or, you know, or say denigrating things. He's like, look down. Did I tell you that you could look up? Look down. And it could be as simple as that. But there's an aliveness that comes alive. Yeah, some people like being bound. Some people just don't want to be touched, but only want to be spoken to. And then, of course, there's the dominant one that gives, that takes care of their, their, their self, or there's the other position. So there's, there's so much to play with there. Mm -hmm. So let's all take a big breath and just notice our bodies. <laughs> See where all that's landing for us. Slow it down. Stay curious. And the next one is the shapeshifter. And the shapeshifter is really the one that is all of them. They like it all. They want more. They really are like a fine to, or they can be a fine tuned orchestra. They can play all the instruments well. They can play all the instruments for a long time. They find pleasure in everything. Eating a fig and having the juices run down their face, eye contact, heart connection, a quickie, kink sensual play power play you know they just they really are open to anything at all and their their body really is a, a, a their instrument they love often they love to be played with and they love playing and of course all of these have their shadow signs so if we talk about the energetic if someone comes in too quickly they almost pop out of their body. They almost have like an out-of-body experience. Um, energetics will be too loud. The room might be too loud. The, the music, when they come into a room, when someone comes to hug them, they're like, <gasps> you know, and, and they, you have to start all over again. What do you do for Central? And I also just want to say, because we do work with a lot of trauma, Yes. So with the energetic, a lot of times, if somebody is predominantly energetic, touch can feel painful. So like even, even the slightest touch, it can, it can, the, the skin can feel like it's got pins and needles on it. So again, I just want to tell everybody, you know, there's, there's, there's hope and that there's nothing wrong or broken. If that is, if that is part of who you, part of your makeup. Yeah. The sensual, um, they, <laughs> if, if they are stuck in their shadow or if shadows are coming up, they will get stuck in their head. And so you'll be in this really beautifully sensual experience and they'll think about the socks on the floor or their cellulite might be jiggling on their, on their butt or did they <laughs> shave? Do they smell? Oh, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> and so, you know, um, 
it's really a hard time getting out of the head and a lot of people really struggle with this yeah and then the sexual although they can go from zero to 100 really quickly mm-hmm. they can also peter down really quickly it's just like oh there's not going to be sex involved then i'm just not interested anymore or there's a lot of shame it's like oh but you know i want sex i actually want an orgasm at the end so you know you have to do me <laughs> and that becomes shameful. so so that's all their their bits where they really get stuck yeah and our beloved kinky folks that love the taboo their biggest shadow is shame something has got to be wrong because i like fill in the blank and and as juliet had mentioned before it can be it can be you know taking your clothes off in front of your partner in front like you know with lighting on if there's body shame that's you know that's that's it's really tough so shame shame will usually stop the kinky from asking what they want because the vulnerability can sometimes feel quite crippling. And the shapeshifters, they love it all, but they're often the people that are starving. Because if you're a shapeshifter and you've been with, say, Central, you'll always play in their pleasure ground. Mm -hmm. But then you're kinky and you're sexual and whatever, you're energetic are just getting starved because it's like, oh, but I I need all of that. So often we know or we think that everyone was a shapeshifter and then slowly we've kind of like orphaned off pieces of us because of experiences and we can open them up you know like like anything you can start becoming more fluent in another uh, blueprint it's like being fluent in, in a language and that's where it where the play comes in where it's like oh i'm now fluent in this language let's see how the next one is how my next blueprint will work. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It gets to be fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, you know, we're always playing with those edges. So as we start to explore and, and be a, a pleasure detective, we will hit the edges of, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that about myself. And so then it really does come back to the exact practice we shared at the very beginning. You slow down, you take a breath, you feel into your body, you let your body settle down, you let the nervous system settle and come back to a reset. And then you go explore again. And that is what creates that trust of that deep body wisdom. Building that container mm-hmm. for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for people that are intrigued, is there a quiz they can take online, or do you recommend that they just listen and feel with their body, which is their predominant blueprint? There definitely is a quiz online. Um, if you go on to our website, I think we have it in there, the Embodied Leadership Academy. Okay. Um, and the quiz will only tell you what you think you like. What we then do with people is actually do a, a game, a, an embodiment 
session, which oh, is usually an hour and a half, two hours long, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is interesting because I thought I remembered taking that quiz somewhere like a couple years ago, yeah. but um, my what I got for that was different than when I was listening to both of you speak. I was actually noticing that there were things that I was turned on by in everything that you said. And then there were things that were contractive in each as well. So that's really interesting. It's the most beautiful practice. You get someone on a massage table and have their body speak to you. Mm -hmm. And this is what we teach partners to do for each other. Uh, You don't even have to be in a partnership to do this, but it's, it's a really beautiful practice. Yeah, we've, we've also led friends. Like we have, you know, like in, in my community, there's like a, like friends get together and just pull the sexual part off. So there's no penetration. And so, you know, friends will, you know, map each other and just help each other kind of navigate. It's like, how did, how does this amazing body work? <laughs> like, you know, with, without the shame and with, you know, really allowing people to have whatever needs to come up to come up. Like play this instrument. Yes, please. And, you know, there's no sex on the table, but just play it, and it's amazing what what gets to be possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anything else that you want to say about um, once people kind of feel into which is their predominant, how they can start to explore that, and then also I'm curious for, for people listening. Um, how to start exploring with a partner and what to do when yours is different than your partner's. Cause I'm thinking like a, a sexual and a sensual would maybe have some conflict. Sexual and energetic even more, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. Um, the whole thing is even within your own blueprint, you will have certain edges, right? That we push up against. So it's to start becoming aware of that and noticing that every day might not be the same and communicating that to your partner. So that's the first thing. First, finding out for yourself what's happening, communicating that in a way that they understand and for both of these. And then it's like, oh, you know, when when you touch me like this, what happens in my body is this, 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 that. So that it doesn't become an attack on them that the other person doesn't feel like it's a you know, ticking of the, the fingers, but it's just like, hey, would you try a lighter pressure or could you move three centimeters to the left? Could we slow it down a little bit? You know, yes, I do want sex in the end. And what I need to get there is this, this math. So it's, it's really, it's building up that time. It's, it's starting to get to know your blueprint, starting to get to know your partner's blueprint and being curious. I mean, this is what the whole episode's been about. It's like, we can stay curious and everything. You know, I, I, I love what you said. And I also want to even take it down one more step mm-hmm. to we often don't even know what we want. Mm-hmm. So our partner will touch us and we have a body reaction that would suggest that we're not enjoying it, but we would not know how to communicate what we want instead. And so when and if that is the case, um, like we have, we have programs running all the time um, to just help people with what, what that looks like. Like, you know, 
what does it look like to have a body mapping session that there's no penetration or no sexual on the on on the arena i know that when i first started i i was like what does that even look like i don't even know what that looks like mm -hmm. Such you a know point. you know right and so so it's like okay you know where where you have all the implementation tools and all the you know special and fun little looking gadgets but then but then someone says well let's just use our hands and do the same thing and you're like how do you do that like how do you navigate that you know it's like Ooh, that you know and then and then watch freeze come in or shut down come in right and so it's it really is meeting yourself where you're at without judgment and and starting to explore your own body and if you don't if you if you're suspecting that you're an energetic but you don't know what that means or is to do some research to reach out to us do, or whatever wherever people are feeling led and then um, going from there. And then you'll start to see, oh, that, that's something that, that's something that my body is responding to more so than something else. I think the biggest thing that people say is when they start this, it's like, oh, we're not broken. Yeah. We're not the only one. It's like me too. Remember the whole like empathy thing. It's like, oh my goodness, they're more like this. It's like, yes. So that is, I mean, it's so beautiful to see couples that haven't had sex for 25 years and they start taking penetration and taking sex off the table consciously and then exploring touch and communicating. And I mean, I've seen marriages turn around in, in as little as three to six months. So they're taking honeymoons again. They can't keep their hands off each other. And all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, we didn't think that we needed this, but holy moly. Because yeah. it taps into that aliveness. It, it ignites that aliveness that is the spark within every single one of us. And when we get to, you know, when we find that for ourselves, that's pretty kick-ass. But when we get to explore that and play with another human being in that arena as well, ooh. <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. A whole new world. A whole new world. <laughs> mm. I, I want to echo again that the piece of you're not broken because I feel like there's someone listening that just needs to hear that. And I know there was a point that I needed to hear that in my experience. And also that your partner is not wrong for their makeup. Cause I think sometimes we just like, why can't they just be like me? Why can't it just, why can't this just work how I want it to work, but under like appreciating, even if theirs is the complete opposite end of the spectrum of yours, that that's their makeup and that there's a way to artfully bring them together and play in the realms of both. So, so beautiful. That's it, right? No one's broken. And we all just have a different makeup. Yeah. Okay. And, and as we said earlier, things might be completely working in the relationship and then stuff happens, situations change and all of a sudden something shifts and we might again feel wrong or broken or something's, you know, dysfunctional. And, and so, so even for those folks that feel like they've got, you know, like that the, they're, you know, really they've got their body handled, just know that even if your body shifts and changes, 
within some years, there's still a way back. There's still a way to find the new parts of, of your eroticism. I think that's been the most transformational, bringing a 76 year old woman and her husband back to, oh, thing to actually feel yes. each other and, and play. And, and it was just gorgeous. God, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Okay, well, we could talk for, we could do a whole nother episode just about this. <laughs> but we have to, we have to wrap up, unfortunately. So before we close, I always end with, um, with asking to either share like one piece of advice that you would have given yourself, your younger self earlier in your journey, um, or just something that you feel, uh, wants to come through for the listeners to kind of tie together everything we've been talking about. Um, and you can, you can tag team this one as well. And then also share where everyone can find you and learn more about your offerings as well. Perfect. If I was to go back in time and talk to my younger self, I would tell her that her desire and hunger was completely okay. Mm -hmm. And, and that, um, even though it was, it looked different than all of the other school kids and all of the other people, you know, all of her other peers, um, that she was, she just completely rocked and to keep, and to always keep that fire alive. Um, and it really is the, the, the ignition for her life and what brings so much wholeness. So to not ever dim down her light for what she loves desires lights her up turns her on beautiful i love that that one Mm. really love that one (sighs) i think yours pretty much encapsulates it all it's it's the really you're not broken you are innate i mean it's that deep love that you have for yourself, have that show through. So for me, it would be really, it's like, look in the mirror and just see how fucking kick-ass you are and what an incredible human you are and bring this life force forward. Yeah. So good. You can find us on the Embodied Leadership academy.com christine borschneck facebook and instagram and juliet caraman facebook and instagram mm-hmm. amazing all right well we will link all of your all of your goods in the show notes for people listening this was so much fun thank you for being here and for sharing your wisdom and thanks everybody for listening Thank you for having us so much for having us. My pleasure. Our pleasure as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Goddess Talk podcast. If you enjoy this show, I would love so much if you subscribed and left a five-star rating and review. And if you liked this episode, be sure to share it so we can spread this mission together far and wide. You can connect with me on Instagram at I am Kristen Lynch and head to goddessbrandco.com for show notes and ways to work with me. Sending so much love and I'll see you on the next episode.